0: This is Smart Poker Study episode 213, the 14th annual Turkey Shoot Tournament Recap. Before you listen to today's episode, make sure you download and listen to episode 212 last week, where I discussed my Turkey Shoot Preparations. It's poker study time, y'all. I am super excited for this episode, and I hope you are as well. Uh, Oh, but first, uh, thank you very much for sharing this show with those other poker people in your life. Because, of course, word of mouth is the best advertising. You know, it's a free show after all, so why wouldn't you share it with your friends, you know? Now you have something to talk about when you're together, other than sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops, you know? But uh, something else to talk about here, CJ Bell just upped his level of support on Patreon. Yep, he's an even bigger insider now, and he's receiving more benefits for that increased support. Thank you so much, CJ. I do appreciate it. If anybody else would like to follow in CJ's footsteps, just go to Patreon patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash smart poker study when you go there you can see the different levels of support that are available to you and the rewards that come attached to each and with december right around the corner we have some new patreon rewards coming up super quick new uh new patreon podcast and training videos so get in on the action go to patreon.com slash smart poker study to start that support Cool beans, let's talk turkey shoot, that is. I played in the 14th annual Turkey Shoot, and I made some money, baby, let me tell you. I'm going to recap the tournament for you today, and I'll discuss the revised structure, the payouts, and some of the players, as well as uh, I'll hit two very important hands that I played, and I'll discuss two important lessons learned from this tournament that I'm going to definitely take with me into the next tournament. So please visit the show notes page for everything I discussed today, along with screenshots and links at nubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadub smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 213. While you're there, you can sign up for the weekly boost for exclusive poker strategy direct to that inbox and exclusive offers as well, which I'll talk about in just a little bit. Let's do this. Gambate! Alrighty, so let's recap the turkey shoot. Once again, this was a $125 buy-in, and it's a 27-man tournament. One person didn't show up, though, so we only had 26 players with a prize pool of $2,600. Now, I'm going to skip any suspense, and I'll hit you with the results right away. The tournament paid out the top six players and I ended up chopping it four ways at the very end. So it was a very good payday for me, and I'm super happy with the result. It is a top-heavy payout with the winner getting $1,200 and second place getting $600. Sixth place only got their money back uh, minus the rake, so they just got $100 back. Now, I have won this tournament one time in the past, and I chopped it heads up one time as well. Those were both super good paydays, you know, but chopping at this time, it earned each of us slightly less than second place money. So I'm actually really happy with that. You know, Uh, at the time of the chop, I was in fourth place in chips with only five big blinds. The next bigger stack had roughly seven. Uh, Second place in chips had about 12, maybe 10 to 12 big blinds. And the person with the biggest chip stack, his name was Joe. He had roughly 20 big blinds or so. With the stacks being so short, everyone kind of, we all knew it was a crapshoot. And if I, my short stack doubled up against any of them, that person that I doubled through, they would take quite a big hit. You know, even Joe, if I doubled from five to five to ten and he went from twenty to fifteen big blinds, now everyone's a lot closer. His chances of coming in first uh greatly diminished at that point, you know? Uh and with the blinds going up like crazy. I'll get to the structure in just a little bit too. But any hit to any one stack they didn't want to see. So we were all pretty eager to chop. But Joe, smartly, Joe didn't want to do an even chop, right? So we ended up uh, making a deal where we each gave him $50. So he had a super good payday. And I was fine with this. And I didn't bother to try to run any ICM chopping numbers. Well, first off, I was the super short stack with only five big blinds. So who am I to speak up and say anything, you know? But we're all buddies as well. And I'm not going to fight over every scrap of value that I can. And I'm sure some of you right now, you non-chopping advocates out there, you're shaking your head you're hitting your forehead you're cursing me uh because you think maybe i made a huge mistake here but so be it you know i walked away with roughly 400 dollars in profit for just three hours work so i'm pretty good with it plus i had a really good time you know and uh, once again i cashed once again i think i've cashed seven times out of the 14 years so it might only be six times I didn't really keep I haven't kept really good track of it it's either six or seven so I've cashed in half of them uh, that they've held and I've only played it eight or nine years now um, so I'm doing pretty darn good I'm happy with this you know but let's talk about the levels now and they were just as bad actually they were worse than I remember from last year so we started with 8,000 chips the blinds were 100, 100. So, you know, 80 big blind stacks, pretty short, right? Just to begin, very short. Level two was 100, 200 blinds. So if you still had a starting stack, you'd be down to 40 big blinds after just 15 minutes. And yes, you heard that right. In the last episode, I said the levels were 20 minute levels. Scratch that. I was wrong. They're 15 minute levels. Now, For a live tournament, that is super freaking quick, right? The reason for the quick levels is this casino, they really wanted to get us out of there. I guess there's a Fresno law that tells the casino how many tables that they can have at any given time. So because they were accommodating our three table tournament, they had three less cash games going on, which means three less tables earning them rake with every hand dealt. So while we did pay to be there, uh, they were losing out on profits, you know. And the crazy thing also is that at level nine, after the second break, the antis kicked in and the levels dropped to 10 minutes. So it's pretty darn obvious they wanted us out of there, right? But, you know, I would like to think that I played the tournament super well, but I have to admit that I got smacked in the face with the deck. In the first nine levels, I won all but one hand where I voluntarily put money in and I saw the flop. It was just crazy how at every single level, my stack was getting bigger and bigger. You know, when the second level started at 100, 200 blinds, I had 14,800 in chips. Then on level three, I had 17,700. Level four, I was at 20,500. Level five, 22,700 chips. And when level six kicked in, the blinds were 400, 800. I had 23,300 chips and I was right near the chip lead if I wasn't, you know, the definite chip leader. And when level seven kicked in, I had 34,200. So things were going really well in level seven. And when level eight started at 1,000, 2,000 blinds, I actually had chipped up to 77,600 chips. And I'll get to the hand that really earned me a ton of chips in just a little bit. Actually, no, let me just hit the hand right now because I won a crazy, uh, right around 30,000 chips I won in this hand. So I was in the small blind. Jared, to my direct left, was in the big blind, of course. One player limped in somewhere. No, actually, no, I think it was folded around to me. I completed in the small blind. I had 9-3 suited. Not much of a hand at all, but, you know, it it only cost me a few hundred extra chips. I got to complete, right? So uh, I I completed with 9-3 suited. Jared just checked. I'll tell you what he had in a little bit, but he just checked. If I were him, I would have definitely iso raised right now to push me out or to charge me because he had a really strong hand, right? The flop comes down king nine nine. So I had nine three suited. I hit a miracle flop right here, unbelievably strong, unbelievably. So of course, you know, I have crazy strong hand. I had to check. Jared decided to bet. So what I did was I simply just check called. My hand was so strong. I wanted him to catch something or to feel a little bit more confident, you know? The turn came a 10. I checked again, kind of hoping he was gonna bet, assuming he was gonna bet, right? And he did, he made it a pretty good five or 6,000 chips. And then I just check shoved on him. I just said, all in. And then he had to think, he literally thought for like 90 seconds. Uh, he ended up calling he had ace king so he checked behind on the big blind with ace king trying to sucker me in trying to slow play his hand he didn't have a pair just yet maybe that's what he was waiting for i don't know but i ended up taking his whole stack i think i had thirty-four thousand chips when the hand started he had 30 i just jumped up right there crazy good level for me you know um So you might be wondering how I know these numbers and these different hands and stuff. Well, none of it's from memory, I guarantee that. It's because at every level, I recorded the blinds and my chip stack at the start of the level. Level 9 is where I finally hit a road bump and I lost half of my chips. So I started level 10 at 44,300 chips. I'll talk about the hand that took half my stack away in just a little bit. We eventually ended up chopping at level eight, I'm sorry, at level 12, where the blinds were 3,000, 6,000, and the ante was 400 chips at that time. Uh, I had about 30,000 chips at the time, so it was roughly five big blinds. Now, before I get to some hands to discuss, I do want to say that this tournament was a ton of fun. I really do still love live tournaments, and especially at a tournament like this. Every one of these guys is really cool, and some of them are super talkative and funny. And other ones, like me, I'm pretty quiet. I don't crack a lot of jokes, but I'm paying attention. I'm willing to laugh, and I'm just joking around and having fun with everybody else. You know, I I really enjoyed this tournament, and if you can find a tournament like this where you play with a ton of buddies, I highly recommend that you do so. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com smartpokerstudy. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or your MP3 player. Of course, they also have my three books, How to Study Poker Volume 1, Volume 2, and my latest book, Preflop Online Poker. If you do decide to get your free audiobook with your 30-day free trial, I highly recommend that you pick up Preflop Online Poker. Just... Give myself a pat on the back, I think I did a really good job with this audiobook and I guarantee that you're going to enjoy it. So to start your free trial and to get your free book, audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. And I have a ton of shout outs today, because this past week I offered a Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale to all of my uh, weekly boost, you know, the newsletter subscribers. And a lot of people took me up on this. So uh, if any of these products sound interesting to you, just go to today's show notes, you can find a link right there. The Black Friday sale, Cyber Monday sale is over now, but you can still pick up these items for sure. So the Getting the Most from Poker Tracker 4 webinar was purchased by K Go, Benjamin Water, Keith Feifel, Lewis Sterling, and Half Day. The Mashing the Micros webinar was purchased by Mandrake Wizard. Poker Mathematics was a very popular one. Benjamin Water, Rob Walter, Lewis Sterling all picked that one up. Getting Aggressive webinar. Benjamin again purchased that one. The How to Study Poker webinar, Lewis Sterling bought a second one right there. And the Expert Hand Reading webinar, Mihai C purchased that. We also have some people who purchased the Smart HUD from me Ken Nielsen, Andreas Triantafalu, and Lewis Sterling got that. Also my book was on sale or my books were on sale, How to Study Poker Volume 1 was purchased by Dexter Samita and How to Study Poker Volume 2 Dexter purchased that one as well and so did Sam Louie, Igor Broyak and Audrey Van Can. And then finally, Preflop Online Poker, the book plus the audiobook combo was purchased by Andreas Triantafilou. Thank you all so much for supporting me via the, you know, by purchasing my items via the Black Day, Black Friday sale and Cyber Monday sale. I really do appreciate it. If I didn't mention your name this week, next week, I'll get you on that one. Just so many names. I can't thank you all uh, just in one episode. Alrighty, back to class, poker people. So in the last episode, I told you that I was playing some online tournaments for practice and that I was going to play a few more sit and goes uh, before the tournament actually started. So here are the final results of all that practice. And I really do feel that this practice helped me out a ton. If you're a live tournament player, I highly recommend that you start playing online poker if you aren't already. There are some super cheap tournaments and sitting goes that you can play as low as a dollar, you know, and it's just really good practice. Whatever kind of skills you're trying to develop, it's a little bit costly if you're doing them or if you're practicing them in the $50 daily tournament, $75, $100 tournaments, $1,000 tournaments, all that stuff. What I recommend really, Play online, play some sit and goes and practice all your strategies there and just to prep yourself to get yourself ready for those live tournaments. So here's my results from the online tournament practice. I played 32 sit and goes. I won $40 and my buy-ins were anywhere from $1.50 to $7. In the money, I was in the money 47% of the time. My ROI or return on investment was 39%. So that was lovely. I got nine first place finishes six second place finishes and six third place finishes. Now, what I really like about this is out of the 15 times that I made it heads up in a sit and go, I won nine of them. So, you know, better than half the time. I love that. Now I know that this is a small sample, but results like these, they make me want to play more sit and goes for sure. If I could have results like this over a thousand, 2000, 10,000 sit and goes, woohoo, I'd be swimming in the bucks, you know? And here's a little fun story. Um. I accidentally registered for a PLO tournament one hour before the turkey shoot. Uh, I still had to take my dogs for a walk and get dinner ready for my boys before I left. So I let the first few levels run while I went and did that. I went on a really quick jog and walk with my dogs. I came back to the tournament about 12 minutes later, and there were already four people knocked out, and my starting stack was down to 1,300 from 1,500. So <laughs> I didn't play a single hand and I was already finishing better than four other players. I was I was really happy about that. I was worried that when I come back, I'd be down to like 600 chips or something, you know, but no, 1,300, not too bad. And four players knocked out. And then uh, I I set about getting dinner ready. So I was jumping back and forth between the kitchen and between the computer, just back and forth, bam, bam, bam. Every time I had a hand, I had the volume up loud. I would hear the ding telling me I had a decision to make. I'd run in, make my decision and get back to the kitchen anyway i got lucky enough to make the money and i got knocked out in third place but that felt super good skipped the first few levels saved 12 minutes of play time still made dinner for the boys took my dogs for a walk and scored a little bit of cash i loved it all right so there are two hands that i want to talk about here the first hand happened in the very first level i was in the small blind with king jack suited There were four limpers ahead of me, and I was not going to let them see it cheaply. Like I said, these players love to limp and see flops. No, that's not going to happen on my watch, especially with the hand as good as King Jack suited, right? In the small blind, I ISO raised to eight big blinds. The button to my direct right was the only caller. He had just arrived at the table, uh, which we were about four hands, five hands into the game or so. Now, I didn't know anything about him, but he did have a drink in his hand, and I love seeing my opponents holding alcohol. Uh, The flop came down, jack, eight, three. Now remember, I had king jack suited, so I flopped top pair, king kicker, and of course, I made the out of position c-bet. I was the first one to act in the small blind. This unknown player, He decided he thought about it for might've been five or six seconds. And then he said, I'm all in and jammed his entire stack in, which was give or take 75 big blinds or so I had him covered. Now I thought it was possible that he could have limped and then called with a better hand like ACE, Jack or even pocket eights or pocket threes. But I also thought that he could be making this kind of play with a weaker Jack, you know, Jack 10, Jack nine, queen, Jack, or something like that. Um, He could have been doing it with an open-ended straight draw or maybe even some gut shots like queen 10. Uh, and it could have even been an ace high bluff, maybe like a suited ace with backdoor flush draw potential. Uh, I thought about it for about five seconds and then I made the call. He turned over pocket fives for a total bluff. Now, my top pair hand held, and he was knocked out of the tournament. It's such a bummer. He was the last one to sit down and the first one to leave. But, you know, I said it's a bummer, but I didn't feel bad at all. I chipped up right there, you know. When you're in a tournament, that's the goal. Build some chips, make some money. So that was an incredible start in the very first level. Now, after that, I won a lot of pots with small and medium pairs. I also flopped a full house, rivered a flush, and I was dealt pocket kings uh, one time, I think, if I remember right, one time pocket kings and twice pocket aces, though. And I won all of those hands, and I knocked out a few people in the process. And I told you earlier about flopping trip nines with 9-3 nine suited. Man, it was just, it was crazy. I also won a lot of smaller pots just by being the preflop raiser and throwing out a simple C-bet. Now, I had a good read on most of my opponents at each of my tables, and I knew who was loose and who was tight. So speaking of a tight player, on that very first table, I was seated next to a guy named Joe, who was totally tight, right? I knew this from playing with him in prior years, but it was pretty apparent that he was still tight because he was doing a lot of folding. Now, I should have remembered this when I played this next hand and I lost half my stack. So it was level nine. I had 77,600 chips and the blinds were 1,500, 3,000. And the ante had not kicked in. Oh, I'm sorry. I think the ante did kick in by this point. Yeah, level nine. Now, I had a hefty 26 big blind stack. The next biggest stack had roughly 30,000 chips at the start of the level. And I think that was Joe at the time. Now, This next hand took place towards the end of the level, and I think I might have been like a little giddy because of my big stack side, I'd been winning a lot of pots, uh, so I might have been on some kind of winner's tilt because I'd been so lucky up to that point. Now, I was dealt pocket queens in the cutoff. To my direct right was Joe, and he had roughly 29,000 chips. Uh, Some some player in early position went all in for maybe 10,000 chips. Joe three bet shoved and then I had a decision. So I looked down on my pocket queens and I thought to myself, Joe is tight, but I think he could be doing this with ace king, ace queen, and maybe pocket jacks through nines. Of course, he could be doing it with pocket queens or better as well, but I thought my hand had a good chance of being ahead of his at the time. So I made the call and he of course turned over pocket aces. His hand held and I lost almost half of my stack. Now, This hand, it it leads me to my first lesson learned for the tournament. Here's the lesson. Always factor the tournament situation into your decision. So we were so close to the final table. I think it was like uh, six players on one table and six on another. We only needed to bust out two more before we combined down to the final table. Now, Joe was the second biggest stack at the table behind me. I really didn't take this into account. The fact that Joe who obviously wants to survive because he's kind of a nitty player. He would constrict his shoving range, especially with me, the big stack, still to act. Now, this is something that I've done in prior tournaments as well. I sometimes forget about the situation I'm in, and I just think about my opponent, their range, and my hand. I kind of like treat it like it's a bubble right now, you know? Sometimes I forget to factor in how, may I, how my opponent is going to adjust their range, or how they're going to adjust their play based on the situation. And immediately after the hand, I realized this, and I knew I made a mistake. Like I said, I've done this before, and I believe it's cost me quite a few caches in both live and online games, so I need to factor the tournament situation in. And this is obviously going to be a focus for my next live tournament, for sure. And now, so for my second lesson, here it is. Inexperienced players telegraph their hand strength with their bet size. So in the last episode part of my plan was to believe my opponent's post-flop bets and raises. Now, there were a couple times when I faced a small post-flop bet, and that told me my opponent was making a blocking bet or a cheap bluff. But at those times, I didn't have a hand worthy of calling with showdown value, but I also didn't pull the trigger on a raise that I'm sure would have earned the pot. I just did a lot of folding in these instances. Now, Looking at the results, I'm glad I folded these hands because I ended up chopping it for some profit, right? But we don't want to be results oriented. Looking back at the plays that I made or the plays that I missed out on, I know that if I had bluff raised uh, these players who are making these blocking bets, I would have won those pots. So I did miss out on some positive EV aggressive plays. Challenge. Here's my challenge to you for this episode. If you haven't played in a live local tournament in a while, or maybe ever, then what are you waiting for? Your tables will be full of weaker players who are quite easy to play against. Whether they're too passive or too aggressive, you know how to exploit them. Give it a shot and see if you can't have some fun and earn yourself a nice payday on the live felt. Now it's your turn to pull the trigger and do something positive for your poker game. You better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topping. There is another world beneath it, the real world. And if you want to survive it, you better learn to pull the trigger. This episode isn't complete until you head to the show notes page at www.smartpokerstudy.com pod 213. You can go there for screenshots and links to everything discussed today and to discover ways in which you can support the podcast and keep me keeping on. Thank you so much for listening today. Please leave a review for the show in your favorite podcatching app. This is the best way other than direct word of mouth that you can help the show grow. If you can type or say the words Smart Poker Study, you can find me on Alexa, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. And please send me your questions sky at smartpokerstudy.com. Alrighty, poker people, in the next Friday episode number 214, I'm going to answer three of your questions. Word of mouth is the best advertising, so thank you very much for sharing the show with other poker people Your sharing, and caring is what helps us grow. Until next time, study smart, play much, and make your next session the best one yet.